0: The starter season two, all about strength training. Today's episode injury risk and injury prevention. Welcome to the Run Smarter podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, and smarter runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am the guy to reach out to when you've finally decided enough is enough with your persistent running injuries. I'm a physiotherapist the owner of the Breakthrough Running Clinic, and your podcast host. I'm excited to bring you today's lesson and to add to your ever-growing running knowledge. Let's work together to overcome your running injuries, getting you to that starting line, and finishing strong. So let's take it away. Let's get into Season 2. This isn't like Netflix or something where a season finishes and you have to wait a year for another season to come out. We just keep trucking on straight away. It's just different topics. It's not about timeframes. And I have this idea of the first 20 or so episodes just being season-based, and then we get stuck into a bit more specific stuff. So the seasons have particular themes revolving around universal themes that every runner needs to know. Season 1, the universal principles to overcome any running injury, that applies to everyone. And so for Season 2, strength training, this also applies to everyone for performance and for injuries and what type of strength training you should be doing, how you should be doing it, what does the evidence say, all these things we're going to cover in Season 2, so then we can all be updated on the latest research, how to actually apply it. We consider that as prior knowledge, we can move on and start getting into more specific stuff like specific injuries and more detailed topics later in the podcast. I hope that makes sense and I hope you are happy with that structure because I've put some thought into it and planned it out and this is what I've come up with. My resources for this season, I have uh, Richard Blaygrove's book which is Strength and Conditioning for Endurance Runners. I'm also going to part a bit of knowledge that I've learned from the Running Clinic, from their course, also from Tom Goom's online course, which is the Running Repairs course. Mike James, who just spoke at the Run Chat Live conference a couple of months ago, I think it was October last year. Uh, so very recent, he was talking about the latest evidence that's emerging regarding strength training for runners. And I'm just compiling all the evidence and all the information and topics that they talk about into this season. So what are we doing with today's episode? Strength training injury risks and injury prevention. I thought I'd sort of break it off into two topics today. And so topic one, we're going to talk about the strength training and injury risk while training. In Richard Blagrove's book, he talks about the myths around strength training and why runners are so hesitant to start Strength training. I think they fit into three different camps. There's the runners who appreciate the strengthening and the importance of it, and they've built it into their regular program and their regular weekly routine. You have the runners in camp two who are opposing strength training and they have the belief that to run, to get better at running, all I need to do is keep running and run more and run more often, and run further, and run faster. And they will just get better at running, which makes a lot of sense as well. Camp three is the camp that I see a lot, being a physio. And it's the ones who just like to run. just All they do is care about running, so that's all they do until they're injured. And then they say, all right, I think it's time for me to start some strength training. They realize the importance of it. They build it into their training program. Once they go a couple of weeks or a month pain-free, they drop it off. And it just repeats itself. So which camp are you in? <laughs> I will, so I will be bringing up a couple of the myths that Richard talks about in his book throughout the episodes. And this is a big one. It is the myth around <clears throat> if I start strength training, won't I just get injured? Doesn't it put me at a high risk of injury? So if we look at our load capacity model that we've learned from season one, the this still applies for strength training you don't want to exceed your load capacity and all the principles still apply. So the amount of load that you put, um, you need to allow your body to adapt. You need to get into that adaptation zone. You need to watch out for the hidden dangers and make sure your body's recovering and having the prior knowledge of those 10 principles that you've already learnt will put you at a huge advantage. So Richard talks about, uh, Well, he actually makes this statement. He says that the most important consideration is to learn and practice the correct techniques and operate through the full range of movement before gradually increasing your weight. So if you are new to strength training and you do get into the gym, you need to make sure that you adopt a a really good technique. You're utilizing the muscles effectively and you're going through the appropriate range of movement before you can start increasing your weight. That just makes sense. It's pretty straightforward. Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. We've learned about the stress quantification and managing load in the last season, Pete being the runner and getting injured, doing longer, faster runs, but also incorporating some hills. The combination of all of those left Pete with knee pain. So the same principles apply. How heavy do you go? How many reps do you complete? How fast do you do those exercises? If you do a back squat, are you going down slowly, then pushing up faster? And How long are you allowing for recovery? How long are your rests in between sets? All of these principles are the same stress quantifications that we need to consider when you're first trying something new. And you need to start quite conservatively when you start doing these activities to allow the body to adapt and allow the body to get used to it. Allow the body time to thrive within that adaptation zone. If you're not too sure, ask a professional, ask a personal trainer, ask a physio or just start really conservatively and then just slowly build up. Simple as that. An example, uh, 18 months ago, I started CrossFit just to keep my body guessing, change things up a little bit. I had been running maybe three or four times a week, bike riding maybe once a week, and was just getting a bit complacent and needed something different. So I thought I'd start some CrossFit, And straight away, trying some overhead squats, my range of movement was shocking. It actually surprised me how little I could move. My cleans, as soon as I got the bar to the front of my shoulders, my uh, shoulders were starting to get a bit pinchy and I actually developed a bit of shoulder pain for a couple of weeks. And whenever I tried a back squat, I could just tell that my back wasn't really responding well to it. I was getting a little bit of back pain. I have had histories of low back pain in the past which I can manage quite well, but that the back squats were starting to flare it up. So recognizing all these things, it had been something completely different. My body hadn't been used to going through that range of movement. So I just took things super easy. For It took about five or six months before I started slowly adding on the weights. I learned a, a correct technique with back squatting. I actually focused on holding my breaths during a certain pattern a certain phase of the back squat, which really helped. Not holding my breath throughout the entire time, don't worry. Uh, I, l- I worked on shoulder range of movement. I worked on upper back range of movement, hip mobility works so that my overhead squats could achieve a better range of movement. And then just throughout the five, six months, my bo- my body would slowly adapt and just left me in a really good zone. So it took a long time, took a lot of patience, but you need to be patient Instead of having an injury that lasts, you know, three, four months, try not to learn the hard way. So that's my experience with resistance training and trying something new. I had been doing gym ever since high school, but this had been completely different. I've never picked up a barbell before. And so a totally new experience. So getting back to this topic and strength training and will I get injured if I start strength training, if we follow these principles that are made things which are really sensible. And then you compare it to a whole bunch of other sports and other recreational activities it can do, the risk of injury is actually quite low. And so, weight training as a sport and also recreationally carries a very low risk of injury. And there have been surveys that have found uh, participants to have uh, two to four injuries for every 10,000 hours in the gym. And that is compared to say they did the same survey with cross country runners and found that they had 37 injuries every 10,000 hours. So that's two to four injuries at the gym, 37 injuries for cross country runners over for every 10,000 hours that you participate in that activity. So quite different, and running can be quite dangerous. And it's all due to the running aspect of things you're subjecting your body to higher impacts rather than weight training and if you look at the differences regarding your body weight and multiplying your body weight through impact it's completely different so if you were to back squat a 100 kilos it might be 70 80 100% of your body weight Whereas when you're running, because you're running at such speed and at such intensity, when you land and impact the ground, your calves are subjected to around about seven, eight times your body weight. There's evidence to that comes up with a bunch of different numbers. Some have about 10 times your body weight and others are around about that six, seven times your body weight. Imagine trying to back squat seven or eight times your body weight. Totally, completely different. So that's why the injury rate is so high for runners as compared to strength training. So you shouldn't be scared of getting into the gym and getting injured if you're a runner because you have nothing to worry about because you're already participating in quite a dangerous and high injury risk sport. I think we can move on to the next topic. So topic two is actually strength training and injury prevention. So does strength training actually prevent you as a runner from getting injured? I mentioned this briefly in Our last season when we're talking about strength training and there's a quote that gets thrown around really frequently and it says that strength training reduces injury by 50 percent and some studies have also shown that the stronger an athlete is the quick the quicker they recover but there is conflicting evidence when it comes to a reduction in injury risk with running specifically and there's good evidence for performance but it is skimpy for injury prevention at present, which is what Tom Goom quotes. So that study of 26,000 athletes showed that if you do resistance training, if you do strength training, you reduce your injuries by a third and you reduce overuse injuries by a half, which is amazing. It shows that strength training really has a big impact on injury prevention but that study didn't include any runners there are some smaller studies that have looked at running specifically and they measure a whole bunch of runners they do some strength tests and say okay you're weak you're strong and then they have a look at their running they monitor them over a certain period of time and both populations get injured just the same there's no difference whether you're a weak runner or whether you're a strong runner in terms of how likely you are to get injured. So why is the case why is this the case? Why is there a mismatch? I have a theory on this, and my theory being runners, you never see a sport where there's a there's a limitless ceiling. If you were to play basketball, it generally goes for about an hour and you're working yourself pretty hard. You can run fast, you can jump. You can put your body through a high load, but there's always a ceiling. You're always going to play a game of basketball. No one ever does really, really well at basketball and said, I'm going to try and do two hours of basketball now, or I'm going to try and do three hours of basketball now. It just doesn't happen, but you see it all the time in recreational running. You build up to 10K, and then you want to go do a half marathon. You do a half marathon, then you want to do a full marathon, and you just subjecting your body to more and more load. And runners always want to be two steps ahead of where they are already. So if you can do a marathon in four hours, you you think that you can do a marathon in three and a half hours, and that's what you're striving towards. And so you're just constantly pushing your body more than what it's capable of. That is our sport. That's, it, that's what we do. And it's limitless. You have people that are doing ultras and Ironman and these ridiculous across the country, world breaking attempts. It's pretty ridiculous when you think about it, but that's just what we're striving towards. That's what we do as runners. And you never see that in any other sport. So I think that's why you get a runner who is really, really strong, but they just have higher expectations for themselves. They're still two steps ahead of where they are now. They're they want to be two steps ahead as well as that weak runner. They're still wanting to be two steps ahead of where they want to be and they just keep pushing their body and pushing that threshold. And so injuries happen the same. That's my theory. Uh, When I get some experts on, I'll bring forth that and maybe it's been proposed before, I'm not too sure. But I'm curious to hear what other people think about that. So we're still going back to our load capacity model. We're still working through that graph that minimum adaptation zone the adaptation zone and exceeding your load capacity into that danger zone of getting injured this all still applies and having that big buffer is still key it's still really really important if you get that buffer as big as you can if you get that iceberg as big as you can you're giving yourself a better chance than someone who doesn't do that we're going to talk about building that buffer and that iceberg analogy later in a couple more episodes but just for the topic of today, does strength training reduce risk of injury? Not yet. The evidence doesn't show that to be the case. But even though the evidence hasn't emerged yet and we haven't seen it published, all the gurus, I haven't found one guru yet who says, don't do strength training. All of them out there know all the evidence and they still recommend strength training. Kevin Mags, who I'm in conversations with at the moment, uh, who will be on in the future, he quotes saying that since it helps the performance, most runners should implement strength training anyway. If it reduces injuries, that's just icing on the cake. And at the end of Mike James' talk at the conference, he concluded with, why wouldn't you? Give me a really sound reason why you wouldn't do strength training. And if you can come up with a sound reason, then fine. But no one... None of the gurus can find a really sound answer as to why you wouldn't do strength training. I've hope I hope you found this topic valuable, where it gives you a bit of an up-to-date insight as to what the strength training uh, represents at the moment. Next week we talk about the benefits of strength training and what it actually does to you as a runner, what benefits it has to you as a runner. So I'll tie in really well with this episode. If there's any emerging evidence which changes this narrative and changes the opinion of others, I'll be the first to let you know. I'll let you enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your run. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Running Smarter Podcast. I hope you can see the impact this content will have on your future running. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and keep listening. If you want to learn quicker, jump into the Facebook group titled Become a Smarter Runner. If you want tailored education and physio rehab, you can personally work with me at breakthroughrunning.physio. Thank you so much once again. And remember, knowledge is power.